Phil, uh, Roger Walsh, uh, back on the show, uh, psychiatrist and also a PhD from Australia, now living in the U.S. And, um, you know, really a trailblazer in his field. And how did you first become uh, familiar with Roger? How did you first come to know him? Actually, I knew his late wife before I met Roger. Uh, she was a psychologist as well, and she wrote a groundbreaking book on intuition. And then when I was writing my book on intuition in the 80s, I researched, did my research and ended up meeting Francis, then met Roger um, because he was very much involved in the, I mean, he's, he's one of the pioneers of transpersonal psychology, as was Francis. And uh, they were leading figures in the integration of the spiritual domain and Western psychology. Um, so I was very familiar with his work before I met him. And, uh, and, your, and your book, by the way, The Intuitive Edge, am I right? Yes, thank you very much. I, I enjoyed that book back in the day. Yeah, you know, I was in a graduate program in clinical psychology, <clears throat> I believe in 71, 72. And I was practicing TM back then. And anytime I brought it up, it would, I might as well uh, have been from Mars because it was really looked at like, yeah. you know, it, it, we, they were respectful, but it would, no one took any of that seriously at that time. Uh, and uh, thanks to people like Roger, um, uh, things have changed. And right now you can speak to any psychologist, any psychiatrist and mention uh, meditative practice and TM, whatever. And they're wide open. They've heard of it. They often recommend it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but it wasn't an easy path. Data speaks. Right. You know, people... re data, reputable journals. Mm -hmm. reputable people signing on you know i now live in uh, the berkshires hence my for our regular viewers yes the new background. background um and um just when i was here in the early 70s uh there was a psychiatrist named margaret brenman gibson i knew her who worked, who worked her husband was a playwright her husband was Bill Gibson, the playwright. And uh, I knew them pretty well. And she was uh, at Austin Riggs, famous mental institution here, and quite a prominent psychiatrist. And when she got into meditation, and her husband did, um, she became very enthusiastic and was one of those people who was touting the benefits of these practices in a in a, at a time in, a, in an arena where the reception wasn't always pretty. And no, she, no. Had, <laughs> she right. had some great uh, stories. I, I knew her as well and very outspoken, lovely, lovely person. Her husband wrote The Miracle Worker, I believe. Yes. And, and also wrote, uh, he was, when I was on my teacher training TM course in Lantia, Spain, he was there and he wrote a book uh, or a play. I think it was a book, A Season in Heaven. Uh, not, not, uh, it was a book. Huh? It was a book. Yeah, book back, back in the day. Lovely people. And, but yes, he, she was. Bill Gibson gave me some very important writing advice when I started wanting to be a professional writer. 
he told me to do what he did at first. And I asked him what that was. And he said, marry a doctor. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> they were, they were friends. By the way, just an aside, has nothing to do with anything. But they were good friends with Mel Brooks and his wife, Anne yeah. Bancroft. Yeah. And they took a trip together and told me what, you know. So anyway, but uh, another fellow from that era was uh, uh, Dr. Gluck at the Hartford That's Institute right. of Living uh, in Connecticut, who was one of the first, again, to, to uh, introduce meditation as a, as a therapy, as a, uh, a way of dealing with certain types of stress, depression, whatever. So now it's very commonplace, but it wasn't yeah. back then. No. And, uh, yeah. and, and the early people like Roger and the ones we just mentioned, uh, there was, you know, it took courage to speak out about one, right. even just to have an interest in such things. It right. was just, it seemed off the wall. It seemed right. quasi-religious in a, you know, to secular people. And um, I, so, I love, I love how Roger uh, has led a very uh, uh, how he's experimented. He, you know, he, he tried stand-up comedy. He tried uh, circus acrobatics and all. It's a lot of fun, very integrated guy. <clears throat> and, um, you know, and, and it was interesting what he said also when uh, when I asked him about uh, the lack of receptivity for what he was doing back in the day. He was one of the people, he said, yeah. that had a lack of interest or thought it was all crazy. You know, when he yeah. heard about meditation, that sort of thing. So obviously he evolved. Uh, he got came to understand that. And also his interest and in study in the area of uh, uh higher states of human development yeah. on what psychiatry and psychology have been dealing with uh, over the years that, you know, one can actually evolve past that. And uh, there's new areas to go into. So and, and yeah, methods, ways of cultivating those higher mm -hmm. states of being. I mean, that all started, you could say, probably with Maslow back in the, right. in the 60s. You know, he had that insight that there was more to human development then we uh, appreciate it and, you know, set the groundwork, I think, for a lot of the subsequent work. Yeah, humanist, there was a humanistic psychology and yeah. really going beyond Freud, beyond <clears throat> Jung, beyond, well, actually Jung uh, also uh, was yeah. very, very in, uh, insightful in the collective consciousness. A lot of stuff they deal with and are talking about now. Uh, there are probably new names in the field that I'm not familiar with. Oh, I'm sure. Doing I'm sure. Great work in this area as well. You know, Ken Wilbur, who I know uh, Roger is very close to, he's done you know so much groundbreaking work and continues in that integral field of integral theory. Uh, and I every once in a while I get a mailing and he's uh, there's a reference to some researcher or some theorist and I I'd never heard of. Right. So there must be a lot of yeah. Stuff I, I actually uh, a couple of, last month I met with uh, Dr. Fred Travis. He's associated with the TM movement, and he's doing neuro, He's doing research, mostly brainwave and other neurological stuff on uh, higher states of consciousness. What have traditionally been called higher states of consciousness to see any? Uh, yeah, and, and uh, I followed it to a certain extent, and then the science went beyond me. Yeah. And uh, but it's interesting that they're doing that kind of that's, research. <laughs> that's why I dropped out of graduate school. But um, the other important thing I think to be taken from our interview with Roger, and and the, one of the main reasons I wanted to have him on the show was 
his interest in and concern about the, the state of the world and what people who are living a deep inner lives can do about the right. outer outer world and and that's terribly important i think and you know we've we've hit on that theme many times on the show and but it can't be emphasized yeah. enough many times many people marianne williamson and many others and you know it's um, um uh, it's may 24th um 2022 that we're recording this so we're still in the thick of covid and uh, and what's going on in Ukraine and, and other horrific things in the world. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the solution is probably not economic. It's probably not military, military, although all these things get involved. <clears throat> there has to be, I think most people would think, a spiritual answer and uh, at least an exploration of, uh, of making spiritual growth, development, uh, the the potential for higher states of consciousness uh, available or knowledgeable. People understand that so that they can aspire to that because, you know, the old story, you want to change the forest, you got to change each tree. And uh, hopefully our show shed some light on that and give some in yeah. inspiration and optimism at a time when it's very difficult to be optimistic. And I hope it also gives uh, some inspiration to the people who are serious about their spiritual lives and um, the recognition that we have responsibility for the, right. for the world. And Roger has some very good guidelines for how to discern and think about what you can do to help. Right. Um, I, I, think, I think back in the day when we got involved in meditation, you in the late 60s, me in like the early 70s, uh, when people heard about meditation, when I heard med about meditation, you thought of somebody becoming more reclusive, if yeah. not going into a cave, going into an apartment on the Upper West Side and, <laughs> and, and, and turning off to everyone and everything else. And, and uh, but that that doesn't it doesn't have to be that way. No, that, but the temptation is very strong. And I did it. You know, I was a student activist. I was very active politically. And then I discovered spirituality. And all I wanted to do is get enlightened. Right. And, you know, I tuned out in a sense. And um, but then, you know, in time, you 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 grow up <laughs> and you realize. And, and, you, no you know, I, what, I, one of the things Marianne Williamson brought out when we interviewed her and others have brought it out, that some of the great social activists that have really made change like Mahatma Gandhi and and Nelson Mandela. I mean, they they and, and Martin Luther King and, and Mother Teresa. They 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 were based in a spiritual tradition. That's and right. They they were they were spiritual people, uh, and that was the uh, foundation upon which they stood to bring social change. And and we need more of that now. Yeah, and and um, the more the barrier, the be the more, as we said earlier, the, the more karma yogis there are. There are more people who are genuine yogis who have a rich inner life right. who are developing if not living in those higher states of development we need to bring those assets into the public arena even if you know whether it's just you know helping out in your neighborhood or you know running for office somewhere you find a way to make a contribution as we are dennis 
as we are. And, and, and I want to mention, because Phil won't, uh, his three most recent books, uh, <laughs> American Veda, don't miss it. Great book. You, got, you need that background. His uh, biography of Yogananda that came out about a year, year and a half ago. And also, medit uh, what is it for crazy times? Spiritual practice. Spiritual crazy practice for crazy times. And these are crazy times. And uh, Phil now in uh, Western Massachusetts. And if you don't know anything about Western Massachusetts, listen to some songs by James Taylor. So he often sings of it. I'm in Iowa uh, and I'm headed to Sweden. And it doesn't matter where we are in the world. We can connect. Uh, uh, Roger was in Mill Valley, California, I think today. Uh, and so, uh, but we want to, uh, we, and we have listeners now from all over the world. If anybody, I, I want to say this, May 24th, 9, uh, 2022, if you had trouble getting to our website in the last few days, we've had some technical things we're working on. We still exist. We're still here uh, and we'll be available. Uh, our website, our, our archives rather free, open to the public, our shows free and open to the public. We're not a nonprofit, but if you want to contribute, to help keep us on the air. And I want to thank the people who have, and we've had several. Uh, you can go to spiritmatterstalk.com. And once that's <laughs> back and functioning, the website. Uh, it'll, well, actually, uh, it's it's uh, apropos that you should say that, because if we have some budget, we can avoid technical difficulties. Exactly. We're, <laughs> we're, we're operating on a on a cosmic shoestring or something like that. Okay. But All, right, Dennis. All right, Dennis. All right, till next time. Next time from Sweden. Yeah, something okay. like that, right.